Welcome to the Aubrey Capital Management inaugural podcast. My name is Andrew Ward, and I've been talking with my colleague, Rob Brewis, an investment manager in our global emerging markets team. Without further ado, Rob, why has the Aubrey Global Emerging Markets Opportunities Fund outperformed year to date? I believe there are three main reasons why the Aubrey Global Emerging Market Opportunities Fund has outperformed this year and has proved very resilient. The first one is China. China is our largest exposure country-wise uh, and has proved very resilient throughout this. It was first into this crisis uh, uh, and it looks like it will be first out. Uh, like it or not, but the, uh, the Communist Party and the single state there has proved very capable at uh, controlling these things, perhaps more capable than uh, some of our more democratic uh, countries around the world. The second reason I think is that uh, we are a growth-focused fund and we're often focusing on areas that are growing uh, because they're new and because behaviour is changing. Uh, I'm talking about things like e-commerce, food delivery, uh, the online delivery of healthcare uh, and so on. And often we find at times like this that actually these these things accelerate, these moves accelerate uh, through crises like this. The third and final reason I'm going to give uh, for that is that uh, that resilience is that our stocks are by nature uh, resilient uh, and and in some ways defensive. We have very strong balance sheets across the portfolio. Only half our stocks or less than half our stocks have any debt at all. uh, And we're always looking at companies that have very strong cash flow. So they can afford the the hiatus of a quarter or two of earnings if those are not uh, coming through. Thanks, Rob. Can you be more specific about what stocks or sectors that have done well in China? Let me give you some examples. If we look at healthcare provision across the world, it's changing very rapidly. Technology is the driver here, and whether it's uh, Teladoc in the US or Babylon Health uh, in the UK uh, or a number of of big Chinese companies, uh, they're, they're driving this technology. Going into this crisis, you would say that about 75% of prescription drugs in China were sold actually in the hospitals themselves. Not only does this clog up the hospitals for uh, essential services, but it also, in the current situation, it's just outright dangerous. As a result, regulation is changing rapidly, and both online and offline pharmacies will be the beneficiaries of this. Two of our best-performing holdings uh, so far this year have been the leader in online uh, health sales, uh, Alibaba Health, uh, as well as one of the uh, rapidly growing and consolidators in the uh, bricks and mortar retail pharmacy chains, uh, that of uh, Yifeng Pharma. Mm, Thanks. Given that China was first into the problem, Rob, as it comes out the other side, what are the risks of a second wave of COVID-19 cases? How do you see that developing? And given your focus on consumption, how will that impact the portfolio? Arguably, China has already had a second wave of COVID cases, uh, admittedly smaller than the first. But if you look at the the daily cases in in sort of mid-March, they'd virtually disappeared uh, before rekindling again in in, uh, April. uh, And that was almost entirely due to uh, imported uh, cases. Uh, I think, uh, again, another example of 
the kind of control that the uh, Communist Party can uh, can exert on its population, and and that imported uh, outbreak has 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 started to um, to recede. I think probably more importantly is is a, a second order problem, uh, and that is the as the virus hits the rest of the world, clearly all those uh, factories in China that had reopened so quickly uh, after the initial scare don't have any customers all of a sudden. Uh, exactly how long that lasts is is, is pretty difficult to say, but uh, but we would argue that uh, that ultimately the same uh, process will happen as Europe and, and the US uh, get back to work um, later in the second quarter. So, um, you know, ultimately, though, it's for us, uh, it's consumption is all about having jobs and having an income. Uh, and I think the party will be looking very carefully at, uh, uh, at unemployment levels. Um, I, I think the what gives us some confidence is that China does have the fiscal and the monetary levers to uh, to make sure that uh, unemployment doesn't get out of hand. Um, and, and finally, you've also got to remember that you know they have a declining workforce these days, so um, it, it is uh, it, it's it's less of a problem than it's been in the past. Um, but uh, we're reasonably confident that uh, in the second half uh, that uh, things will be more or less back to normal. Final question on China, Rob. There's much chatter about the end of globalization and potential reshoring. How does that impact China and the rest of Asia? Well, we would argue that uh, the death of uh, globalization has been uh, greatly exaggerated to uh, to misquote Mark Twain. But as this crisis has shown uh, with the likes of masks and ventilators, uh, if you want something made quickly, then there's only one place to go. Um, and that remains to be China. But uh, clearly at the margin, uh, trends like reshoring, um, local manufacture will continue as they have been for the last uh, few years, uh, and uh, you know that that's made possible because of uh, better machinery, technology, uh, and so on. And actually, a lot of that is is being driven by China itself. But that aside, the, the growth of China is is now uh, changing, and it has changed for a number of years, and is very much driven by uh, services. Uh, and by the consumer, uh, and manufacturing will continue its its steady decline. Um, some of the rest of Asia will pick up uh, some of that, uh, places like Vietnam uh, and, and possibly India, um, but otherwise uh, we don't see any dramatic uh, changes because of this. OK, let's sit on China for the time being. What about India? It's your second highest exposure, Rob. How worried are you about how the situation unfolds there? And what is your view of how the government is handling the situation? There are some justifiable reasons why people are a little more concerned about India. Uh, and firstly, uh, is because the number of cases is still rising and has yet to peak out. Although its uh, its growth rate has been relatively slow compared to others. Uh, and secondly, it's, it's concerns about uh, India's ability to deal with the situation um, in terms of hospital beds and, and general health care provision uh, and so on. However, I would uh, point out some, uh, some mitigating circumstances in India's favour. Uh, and the first one is, the, is the where people live and the fact that two thirds of the population uh, is still rural uh, and, and by nature already uh, relatively isolated. Secondly, 
the youth of the population. Uh, clearly, this is a, a, a disease that, uh, that hits the, the older generation harder. Uh, and finally, the climate. Uh, there is some evidence that uh, the tropical climates are, it, it, the disease uh, spreads less easily. The government has uh, instigated a pretty, some pretty harsh lockdowns, uh, and I think that uh, that, that is, uh, is fine, but India really can't take that for very long. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the, the damage that does the economy and the fact that uh, India doesn't have the firepower that, uh, that China or, or the US has uh, suggests that they, they need to, to let those up pretty soon. Uh, and I think uh, perhaps if that's outside the, the trouble areas like Mumbai. Uh, in the meantime, however, the market has already discounted uh, a, a great deal of this uncertainty uh, and valuations to us look, uh, look very attractive uh, and, uh, and we are reasonably happy with uh, our exposure there now. So how is the fund currently positioned? Uh, today, uh, China dominates the uh, portfolio with uh, well over half the assets invested there, uh, and uh, obviously that's partly due to performance in the year so far. Uh, we're constantly finding uh, more and better ideas in China than uh, elsewhere, uh, and as anyone who follows global consumer companies uh, will know, uh, China remains the most exciting consumer investment opportunity uh, on the planet today. India is next at about 20%, which uh, despite uh, short-term uh, uh, concerns uh, offers huge potential uh, and also some uh, world-class uh, companies. The rest is in selected high-quality companies around the world, such as Dino Polska, uh, the uh, Polish uh, uh, supermarket, uh, and Sea Limited, the uh, e-commerce uh, leader in uh, Southeast Asia. By sector, uh, online and e-commerce-related uh, businesses uh, are by far the, the largest uh, sector, around 15% of the, uh, the portfolio in China in, in that sector, uh, plus another 10% uh, in other parts of the world, uh, such as uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, strong food and beverage brands uh, is our next largest area of focus, uh, such as uh, Yihai uh, Hot Pot Sources uh, and Feihei uh, Infant Formula. Uh, and third in line would be uh, healthcare, which I, I talked about earlier, uh, with Alibaba Health, uh, Ping An Good Doctor and, uh, and Yifeng Pharma, amongst others. So the final question for this session, Rob, can you tell us why it is you think the fund will continue to outperform over the next one, three and five years? <laughs> well, uh, one, one year is perhaps a little short uh, and a lot can happen uh, in, in one year, but uh, on a three to five year view, uh, the answer is much easier. I mean, firstly, uh, the underlying driver uh, of our investments is, is, the consum is consumer behaviour. As the emerging market consumer gets richer and wants the products and services that they can see uh, daily on the internet uh, and on, uh, on other media around the world. And that process is, uh, is ongoing. Secondly, uh, we're growth investors and our whole process is centred on finding the sectors which are growing rapidly. The sectors, as we say, at their sweet spot of growth, whether that's retail brands in, in India, uh, online health um, provision in, in China or, or e-commerce uh, in Southeast Asia, uh, as examples. Uh, and in most cases, 
the current crisis will accelerate the adoption of these newer businesses, often at the expense of, of yesterday's businesses. And by the way, uh, these uh, slower or ex-growth businesses still play a large part in the benchmark, which is why uh, buying an ETF uh, or even a, an, an index hugger uh, has been and will continue to be a serious mistake uh, in our humble opinion. But this also gives us confidence that we can continue to outperform over any sensible time frame. Thanks. I've been discussing the Aubrey Global Emerging Markets Opportunities Fund with investment manager Rob Bruce. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. There will be more. You can find out more about Aubrey at aubreycm.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Goodbye.